When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 151. Uh, Quick programming note up top. Today's episode will be my last for a little bit. I'm taking some time off, but the wonderful Mitch Salazar will be filling in with lineup episodes of his own starting next week. I look forward to listening to those, and I hope you do too. By the time this airs, the 2023 WSL Challenger Series should have commenced with the Boost Mobile Pro Gold Coast presented by GWM at Snapper Rocks. The sand at the famed Superbank is reportedly about as good as it gets. It just needs some swell to hit it, and the understanding is that by the time this airs, that will have happened. The event will stream live on WorldSurfLeague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. All right, episode 151. Today's guest is the reigning WSL Junior Champion, joining the esteemed class of the likes of Andy Irons, Joel Parkinson, Jesse Miley Dyer, Sally Fitzgibbons, Adriana D'Souza, and many others who have made their mark on the elite level of surfing. He recently got the call up to compete against the world's best as an injury replacement surfer at the Western Australia Margaret River Pro. And as a result of his win at January's WSL Junior Championships, he will be competing on the 2023 WSL Challenger Series, starting with the current Boost Mobile Pro Gold Coast presented by GWM. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with Cronulla's Jarvis Earl. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? You can shut your lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. I thought you were boxing. All right, we have the reigning WSL Junior Champion, which guaranteed his spot on the Challenger Series, which starts with the Boost Mobile Pro Gold Coast presented by GWM, which has likely started by the time this episode airs. He was a recent injury replacement on the 2023 Margaret River Pro Championship Tour event, where he mixed it up with the world's best surfers. And frankly, he is an Australian young gun who has been on a meteoric rise in recent years. We have Cronulla's Jarvis Earl. Jarvis, thanks so much for joining us on the lineup today. Yeah, hey guys. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm keen to talk about some surf stuff. So yeah, let's get into it. Right on. So where are you calling from today? I'd imagine that you are probably on the Gold Coast prepping for the upcoming event. Yeah, I'm actually from Cronulla in Sydney, but... I'm on the Gold Coast at the moment, surfing snapper a lot, and yeah, the waves have been really good and thanks so far. So hopefully, get some swell for the comp. I've heard ton of ton of surf over the last few days, and um, probably anyone who's anyone in surfing has seen an abundance of footage and photos. It looks like the the Superbank's been even more crowded than usual. How, how have you personally found it out there trying to prep for the event with? just a huge amount of surfers, both the locals who are, are such good surfers already, and then 
all the the challenger series surfers coming into town yeah it's definitely a pretty tricky one like snow is already so crowded as it is and having the challenger series is like the best surfers from all around the world battling for ways but you get a little break and get lucky and you definitely get a few ways so i've been like scoring the last few days it's been pretty epic for sure. Now, you mentioned that you're from Cronulla. We're definitely going to dig into that in the upcoming segment. But let's start with where you were just a couple of weeks ago, which was the Western Australia Margaret River Pro, the championship tour event. Did you get to go home in between uh, heading to the Gold Coast or was it straight from West Oz to, to the Goldie? Um, yeah, I got, I got a few days at home just to like settle in and get a little bit of training done, but it was all pretty rushed. Like, I only got the call up for Margs like five days before the event started and I was sorting out boards and like it was all rush and yeah, I got to surf for my first CT event so it was pretty sick to get that experience like before my first Challenger event but yeah, I'm grateful for that opportunity and yeah, back to Snapper, get some training done before the comp. For sure. And you mentioned you only found out about competing in Margaret River five days before the event. What was it like when you got the call up? You know, what were your emotions and, and, you know, how did you think, how did you think it went for you just, just competing against the CT surfers out there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Renato from the WSL called me up and I like couldn't believe him. I like had to double check with him to make sure it was true. And yeah, I got the wild card like a few days before, quickly sorted out boards, but yeah, it was definitely just a whole different experience coming from like doing the regional QS and jumping straight up into the CT. And it was like a good experience to get practice in the best service in the world before I come back on the Challenger Series for my first year at that. For sure. Now, obviously, you know, West Oz is, is it's a radically different setup than Snapper Rocks is. And so on the one hand, it, it, going out there and competing against the CT surfers, could potentially kind of disrupt your preparation if you've got a few weeks leading up to snapper you're like i'm going to surf as many little beach break right handers or point break right handers as i can get to i'm going to work on my high performance boards so you have this disruption of going out and surfing the championship tour event but then on the other hand you're having to lift your level to not only compete against but beat some of the best surfers on the planet which is obviously the level that all the challenger surfers, uh, series surfers want to get to. So how did you kind of weigh that out in your head in terms of preparation for ultimately where you want to end up? Yeah, well, the CT is obviously where I ultimately want to hand, uh, end up. So when that opportunity arose, I definitely grabbed it with both hands. But I've had a lot of practice out snapper, obviously, being from Australia, and it's just like an hour flight from home. So whenever there's a swell, I try to get up there and, surf snapper and get practice in get a few run arounds but yeah so i definitely just took the opportunity to surf in the ct level saying that's where i want to be in the long term and i think like a wave like margie's is kind of the waves that i need more practice in especially when i'm probably weighing like 20 kilos less than all of the other ct surfers <laughs> so it was it was really good experience and yeah it was definitely worth it dis- disrupting my training for the challenge series to get some reps you know rep main break and get to surf against the best service in the world and just get to know what the level's like once you reach that, reach that stage 
For sure. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you're a little bit lighter than some of the CT surfers you competed yeah. against. And I, I've, I've had the pleasure of, you know, at least tracking your, your career the last couple of years through the folks at Channel Islands and YouTube and social media yeah. and stuff. And I knew you were a young guy, but in getting prepared for this podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw on some like YouTube clips. And it's yeah. like, oh, this one's from two years ago. This one's from one year ago. And I'm watching it and I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, he, he, and he's little. Like I'm like, how old is this kid? Now you're only 18, man. Like you, you've yeah. had a crazy run in the last couple of years, and 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 yeah. it is really interesting, right? Because you're you have so many weapons as a surfer already, but we see this on the men's side and the women's side. Going from that QSCS level to the CT level, there's a huge kind of physical maturity component to people surfing it would you agree with that and is that something you kind of noticed uh coming up against the ct surfers yeah i definitely noticed it like i've just been getting a lot into my gym training and stuff the last year or so but i think i'll just slowly put on size of that age and like mature but the guys on tour are definitely like so fit and strong and like they when they have a lot of weight of you, it's hard to come up against them in those bigger ways <laughs> when they're throwing so much spray. And, but, yeah, I think just a bit more training and it will come with time. I'll put a bit more weight and come back stronger for hopefully my next EP appearance. For sure. And, and I mean, it, we should mention the run you had out there. First first uh, round, you're surfing against you know Jackson Baker and Ethan Ewing, probably two surfers, both of them coming from Australia that you're really familiar yeah. with. Then you move into the elimination round. You have Callum Robson and Michael Rodriguez. You know, not all great surfers make it to the CT. And even once they're there, a lot of them don't even make it through heats. You've already made it through a heat. You made it through the elimination round um, and then moved into uh, the round of 32 where you came up against the uh, current world number one, Zhao Xianka. So you already have a little bit of a CT feather in your cap just kind of getting to that space. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I was... There was a lot of pressure going into that elimination round and I was sitting there for a lot of the heat and I knew I only needed like a six at the end and I was stoked. I put that one together and got the score and got to have a heat against the world number one. So that was pretty good. I, I was kind of going into that heat not so worried about the outcome. I kind of just wanted to surf and show my surfing. So I was a little frustrated. I couldn't get a few more opportunities, but... Yeah, I just got to take it as a learning experience and come back better next time, I think. Well, speaking of learning experiences, you've had quite the 2023 already. You know, you started the year, you traveled to California, and you took out the uh, the Sambazon World Junior Championships in, in pretty solid surf for Seaside Reef, you know. What was it like coming to Southern California at that time of year and 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 not only surfing against, but besting against the best junior surfers on the planet. Yeah, so I actually got the wild card into the world juniors as well, and I came in at, like, bottom seed, and I flew over there kind of expecting, like, grovelly surf. I had, like, all my epoxies and shortboards. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a shock when I got over there, and there was, like, pumping waves the whole period. I don't think, I don't think we got any days that weren't, like, below overhead. So that was fun. But, yeah, it was, like, pretty big opportunity going up against the world's best juniors. And it was a wave that I knew, like, suited my surfing. So I just took it, like, keep my heat and tried to put some good scores together. And then next thing I was in the final up against the local boy. And, yeah, I was just like that. 
put it together and kind of wanted to win. It was probably, yeah, one of the best days of my life. Yeah, and I mean, it is, uh, you know, the undisputed sort of the most prestigious junior event on the planet. It's been running since 1998 and, you know, past world junior champions include the likes of, you know, Andy Irons, Joel Parkinson, you know, Jesse Miley Dyer, Jordy Smith, um, you know, Isabella Nichols, uh, Ethan Ewing, like all surfers who have gone on and made huge inroads into surfing. So it, it was that on your mind when you're competing in that event or are you just kind of focused heat by heat? Because now that you are a world junior champion yourself, you're part of this really prestigious class. And, and that event is, you know, whether it's the industry or the media or the fans or just your fellow surfers is seen as kind of a benchmark for future greatness in surfing. Yeah, but I definitely saw WSL's post with all of the past champions before the event started. And I was like, well, that's like pretty crazy wish to, like some of the best surfers from like last however many years and then as I went into the event I was definitely just heat by heat what I needed to do to make that heat and get myself in the best position to win and then like looking back on it after I won I was like it's a pretty big privilege to have my name up against all those guys and girls so yeah I'm stoked. It's a huge privilege. And then, you know, additionally, and this has sort of been the real tactical benefit of, of winning that event since it began, is that, um, you know, before the Challenger Series, you got priority seeding into the six stars and the prime events. And now you get a seed directly into the Challenger Series. And for young surfers like yourself, you know, a lot of kind of the an analysts and pundits say that can shave off several years of your uh, you know, a, years of trying to get onto the CT, right? Because you're not doing the QS thing. You, you've, you've vaulted into this higher level of qualifying um, on the Challenger Series. And you have the opportunity to really to really make it to the CT pretty early on because of that. Yeah, so going into last year, I, my goal was to make the Challenger Series for this year. And then when I got the opportunity to compete in the World Juniors, I was like, definitely on my mind I really wanted that spot for the Challenger Series and I actually ended up qualifying through the regional QS anyway so I got a double qualification but it, it took so much pressure off knowing that I just had that spot in the Challenger Series going into the QS leg but yeah it was really good to know and it's really good opportunity to be like 18 years old and on the Challenger Series for a potential spot on the CP for next year. If you got two spots, we should let you surf twice. We just put like a mustache yeah. on you for your second. Yeah, like, oh, the first one didn't go that well. I get another run at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I have a shock in my first eight, I get another chance. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, you, you 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 have this collection of supporters right now with Hurley and Red Bull and Channel Islands and and a number of others. Um, some of these uh, uh, brands you've been working with for several years. You know, specifically talking about Channel Islands, they, you know, talking to Brent Power and, and Britt Merrick over the last couple of years, they've admitted that they are in this rebuilding phase for their program. You know, if you flash back 10 or 15 years ago, they've got, you know, Lisa Anderson, Sofia Milanovic, they've got Dane, Bobby, Taylor, K 
Kelly, Rob, like this massive team. And, you know, over the last five or 10 years, you know, some of those surfers have gone to different programs. Some of them have gone uh, on to other things after competition surfing. And they've been very focused on rebuilding this program. And, you know, they currently have the number one surfer on the men's side and Zhao Xianka and have been investing in sort of new talent. It, it must feel pretty special to be a part of that program. I'm, I'm curious as to how long you've been working with them and, and how that relationship came about. Yeah, so I'm pretty privileged to be part of the Channel Islands team. Like, I've been with them since I was about 13 years old, I think. I remember, like, Brent used to just work in Australia and he signed me up and I got, like, a bunch of, like, four sevens and four eights. I was tiny and, yeah, now my board's, like, five nine. So I've been with them for ages and the team's definitely, like, chopped and changed a lot along the way, along the way, but... Um, yeah, they're definitely in a really strong position at the moment. They've got the world number one and like a really good, strong team in Australia with all upcoming QS and Challenger Series guys. So, yeah, they're definitely in a good spot for the future and their board's always really good. So I'm just glad to ride them. What are your, uh, what's your go-to kind of contest model that you work on with them? So since I joined, my go-to has always been the Fever. I like, Brad Fever, Epoxy, Fever Squash, Big Roundtail. And then more recently, I've been riding the CR Pro a lot. It's just like really good in steep, high performance waves. So I'll say for the Snapper event, I'll be on a CR Pro. It's been a fun topic of conversation this year on the, the championship tour. We launched the, uh, the Visla CT Shaper rankings where we're ranking all the board builders based off the performances of their team riders. Um, and we're counting, you know, only results quarterfinals are better. So it's a little bit like F1. It's not a participation trophy. And um, yeah. it's been a lot of fun all season. The shapers, uh, I send out like a little uh, note after each event with the rankings update and like, you know, who did what. And um, I blind copy all the shapers. So it's not this mass email thing, but I get like a dozen different notes back and forth about like, oh my God, like what about this? What about that? And so it's been very cool to see that get animated and I mean, the board builders across the tour are some of the most influential and hardworking people there are. And, and I mean, they really are instrumental in the, the performances of the team riders at the, at, the, at the top level. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I actually haven't seen that list. So it'd be good to look back and see all the event winners for each board brand. But yeah, there's like a lot of dedication on the shapers working with all the surfers. They're like constantly trying to improve their equipment to get the best results for their team and yeah they put a lot of hard work in so i'm stoked to work with channel islands they've got an amazing team like brit over in the states and a good team back here in oz so yeah it's really good yeah and the other thing we've seen you know recently on tour is just and this is something that a lot of the surfers who uh who do not ride for Red Bull comment on uh with a bit of envy is just how yeah. much support those athletes get at almost every level um I had the benefit of heading out to Austria earlier in this year for a work trip and it's just so impressive to see their setup out there and, and how they treat their global team of athletes and what they really do to invest in you know, bespoke training programs for, for 
their athletes, you know, regardless of, of their sport. And, you know, you look at someone like a Jack Robinson and, and what he gets out of it or a Griffin Colapinto, Carissa Moore, you know, how has it been? I think that's sort of a more recent partnership with you. How has it been for you as a professional athlete working with that program? Yeah, I joined with Red Bull when I was 16, so like a couple of years ago now. But they definitely invest in their athletes for the long term and try to do everything they can to increase their performance and get them to perform at their best at the highest level. So it's pretty crazy to see the facilities they have, like the Athlete Performance Center over in LA and over in Austria. And they always try and support you at all of your events with coaches and videos. So, yeah, they're definitely a really helpful brand to be with and they just want to do everything they can to get you to perform at your highest level. So, yeah, I'm privileged to be a part of the Red Bull team, especially with, like, some of the guys that are on the team now, with Jack Robbo, Griffin, and Carissa, and either way, and all those guys, it's pretty sick. Yeah. You mentioned working with coaches. Do you work with a specific coach on tour at the moment? Um, yeah, I work with Luke Egan. He just lives around the corner from me in Cronulla, so I do a lot of coaching with him at home and he was over in WA for my first CP event. So yeah, he was guiding me through that experience and helped me get get down a couple of heats and he's also coming up here for the challenge series. So he'll be up here in a day or two and we'll get some training done and hopefully get a good result at this event. For sure. And Luke is obviously an icon in the sport and probably someone, as you mentioned earlier, that when you start packing on some more muscle as you grow into adulthood is someone who's going to be able to help you with that because renowned power surfer um, in his time and to this day still rips the bag out of it. Yeah, yeah. Luke is still ripping so hard. I go for a surf with him and he's still surfing so good. But yeah, he's definitely an icon of the sport and he has so much knowledge from being on the tour for so many years and he always just has a really calming approach so yeah he's a good guy to have in my corner for sure very cool we're going to take a a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors and when we come back we're going to dive into where you come from we'll be right back wslstore.com is powered by shopify We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, 
and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right. So Jarvis, you mentioned uh, that you are from Cronulla. Are you born and raised there? Um, yeah, I've lived in Cronulla my whole life. I've actually lived in the same house my whole life too. I live at this little wave called Sanchez. It's like a right and left race break. So I spend a lot of time down there and that's kind of where I learned to surf. Very cool. And um, I've had the good fortune of talking to a few folks from Cronulla, but I, I always ask them the same question because I, I've had the fortune of being there before, but it's such a unique place. For for listeners who have never been to Cronulla, how would you describe it to someone? Um, Cronulla is just like a cool little surf town. It's getting a little bit more busy now. It's on the south side of Sydney and it's full of like a variety of waves. There's a long beach break and then there's a few more famous slabs such as like Shark Island and Cape Salander. So I think it's like a really good area to grow up, especially for me surfing. Like I get experience in like heavy waterways and then also a lot of beach breaks and slabs and barrels. So yeah, Cronulla's, I love Cronulla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for a place that has produced so many good surfers, you know, you, you mentioned Luke Egan, but you know, you have um, CT surfers like Connor O'Leary, world champ Mark Ocalupo, Andy King, Blake Johnston, like uh, so many good surfers that come out of there. But as far as sort of Sydney suburbs go, it's it, you mentioned it's on the south side. It's a little bit removed from that, you know, Manly, Narrabeen, Whale Beach, Northern Beaches kind of zone. And, and so sometimes it goes a little bit under the radar. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like it's kind of tucked away from the city a bit and it's kind of like last bit of Sydney there's still a lot of like natural land and like those slabs and stuff where you feel like you're definitely not in the middle of Sydney and yeah as you said it's produced so many good surfers like Oki and Conor O'Leary and Kirk Flinoff and Blake Johnson and Andy King and Richard Doug Marsh and yeah definitely a lot of goofy footers have come out of Canelo which is pretty funny (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a sick little town. Yeah, what was what was home life like? What what did mom and dad do? Did you have siblings? What what was it like growing up? Um, yeah, so I have an older brother and sister, and then dad works for the airline, and mum just worked from home. So dad was always taking us down to the beach, and we were having beach days as a family, and dad would all take us surfing. And I think just being the youngest, my older brother was a pretty good surfer and I was always just trying to keep up with him so yeah and then I just loved it ever since and progressed slowly progressed up to my way in the slabs and got better out there and yeah just been surfing a lot of hours since (laughs) now now in addition to surfing when you're a little kid are you doing anything else rugby cricket music are there any Um, other kind of interests that are that are catching your eye 
I played soccer for probably like five years or something until I was like 12 maybe but then after that I was like we we have a lot of board artist clubs in Australia I'm not sure if it's as big over in the states but mm. I'd always be doing board rides on the weekend and I'd have to try and go to soccer and I was like trying to juggle the two so I just got over it and quit soccer and just went full-time so but yeah it was always fun growing up like there's a lot of kids that I grew up that I could surf with and we'd do board riders events and yeah it was always fun yeah the board riders um speaking personally and I think I could probably speak for the surfing communities in the u.s yeah. the board riders clubs that you have in australia we are envious of them yeah. um, and and there are a bunch of clubs um sparking up you know up and down the coastline here and some club contests it it is a really really uh, you know I, I guess my mom's australian so i kind of get the best yeah. of both worlds sometimes but like it is a really positive thing for a community and i've got little kids now too they're they're nine and it, you just it, it's so nice to have a a, a board riders club to patch your family into you know whether they turn out to be world champions or ct surfers or not it's just it's a good space to be in because you know everyone at the beach and people look out for each other and then you kind of have this support mechanism of yeah we're competing as much as we can you know we're competing every weekend and we're getting these reps in and i think that's something we were talking about it on the last podcast with mitch salazar that's sorely missing in america and, and could be one of the reasons why we're not seeing as many kind of world title contenders compared to Brazil and Australia as they just, we don't have that kind of built-in domestic series that's as strong over here. How do you kind of feel about that? Yeah, I think the board artists is definitely like a huge part of my life growing up. Like it just creates a good little surf community where everyone just supports each other and you have like the young guys coming through then like the older guys looking after them and always supporting but, um, yeah, it's pretty sick to see all the little board artist clubs around Australia all have, like, their young guns and, like, a few pro surfers. So definitely creates a good surf community and, like, breeds good surfers. But it's pretty funny in Cronulla. We have, like, eight board artist clubs along one stretch of beach and they're all, like, their own little surf community. But, yeah, right. yeah, sure. <laughs> well, uh, medieval times game of thrones thing everyone's yeah, got their, exactly. their sig- sigil going on well yeah. how were you as a competitor early on like were, is it something that you were good at right away or did was it something that you kind of grew into um i definitely wasn't good at competing right away i was always like good at free surfing like i'd have fun and like be my best surfing free surfs but it's kind of something that i've just learned and grown like i did all the junior comps around Australia growing up and like my way into the pro juniors and QSs. Like I started doing the QSs like fairly young and I think that gave me like good experience against smart surfers, but I've definitely still got a lot to learn. I'm always making mistakes in heat, so I just need to keep learning and get better. Was there a moment for you, I mean, this is silly to say because you're so young, but you've had so much success, which is why I ask. Was there a moment for you where you thought, I, you know, I could be a pro surfer. Like, this is what I, I want to do. It's what I think I can do. Um, so I'm going to go for it. Or was it just something for you that kind of just gradually came to be a thing? I think it kind of just gradually came to be a thing. Like, that was no specific moment, like, I just made my way up through the junior events and 
obviously had some excess in comps and then more like recently like I signed with Red Bull and then I started doing a lot more of the QS events and then like at the end of last year I won my first QS event and then straight after that went on to win the World Juniors so it's all like kind of becoming a reality and yeah I'm on the challenge series but yeah it was definitely just a gradual thing and definitely my goal like uh, I really want to be on the CP so (laughs) hopefully I can get a few good results in the challenger and if not just keep chipping away at it and learning. Who were some of your contemporaries growing up just that you competed against on the junior series and, and I'm just curious if there are any kind of names where you went, oh, this person, geez, they used to win everything or they still do win everything or whatever it was. Um, I don't really have like a specific rival, but there's like a bunch of Aussie teams like Joel Vaughan and Lennox Smith and Marlon Harrison, Katie Clements and Lennox Chell and like all those guys. Like that was a pretty big group of talent in Australia. So all the junior events are pretty tough. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, good surfers coming to Australia. Had a couple conversations with, with other Australian surfers like, you know, Ryan Callanan and Julian Wilson, and we talked about this phenomenon over the last uh, 5, 10, maybe 15 years um, in Australia where you were seeing a lot of young Australian talent regardless of where they're from, start to move towards the Gold Coast. You know, there's a lot of industry there. There's a lot of support. The waves are really competitive. And here in America, it happens similarly where, you know, if there's a young, talented surfer, odds are they're moving to San Clemente and surfing lowers every day. And, you know, both Ryan and Julian were saying, yeah, that's fine. Obviously, you want to be around people that are pushing your own surfing, but you do kind of lose something unique if, you, if you're if you not surfing where you grew up from. I'm curious to get your take on that and whether you've been um, even thought about potentially moving somewhere like the Gold Coast to further your career. Yeah, so the Gold Coast is definitely right the hub of surfing in Australia, like really similar to San Clemente in the States. But yeah, there's always cameras up here, filmers, like all of the industry is up here. And surfing in Australia actually have a high performance centre up here, which has like a huge gym, physio, all the coaches, like Bottle and Clancy. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of advantages to live up here and you get practice on the points. So definitely can help the career I love being at home and kind of like getting away from that for a little bit because it can get so hectic up here but I've seen like a lot of pro services have made the move up the Gold Coast like I think Jack Robinson moved up here more recently mm. and can definitely like accelerate your career and give you opportunities so it could be like potential for it in the future but we'll just see where it goes like I'm pretty happy at home at the moment and I think I'm just traveling so much it doesn't really matter but yeah the Gold Mm. Coast is like the central surfing in Australia (laughs) you know for for decades really like professional surfers have had you know two uh, I'll I'll put kind of big wave surfing off to the side for a second but you know kind of two primary avenues of, of being a professional surfer it was competitive surfing or free surfing um and for years it sort of oscillated between and then you'd have you know free surfers who would try contests and contest surfers who would turn into free surfers and vice versa 
And then, you know, probably 15 years ago, we saw something happen on tour where when I started was about 18 years ago. And, you know, we had the Wayne Bartholomew tagline. It was world's best surfers, world's best waves. It wasn't always the world's best surfing on the championship tour because you'd have these really great surfers that were maybe surfing a bit safe or surfing conservatively to get through heats. And then they'd also be surfing in videos and, and kind of going for it. And then something interesting happened, you know, 15 years ago where the interpretation of the criteria changed by the judging panel and they were rewarding different kinds of surfing. And now we're seeing something on the championship tour where the best surfers on the planet are actually surfing their very, very best in contests. Um, and it's awesome to see, and that is absolutely what we want to be doing. But, you know, as a young guy yourself, I'm curious to get your take on how you balance, you know, radical surfing in contests versus letting loose in, in free surfing. Yeah, so competition surfing and free surfing is definitely, like, completely different things. And it's, like, pretty crazy to see the guys in the championship team doing what they do in the 30-minute window. But, yeah, yeah, I think when myself going into heats, like, I know the manoeuvres that I can make in a heat, and if the opportunity presents itself, I'm always, like, the guy to kind of go for it. Like, if I say a big air section, I'm not going to just, like, save it and, like, miss the opportunity and end up losing the heat. I'd rather go for it and not make it than save stuff. But, yeah, I think it's just finding that happy medium of, waiting for the right waves and then hunting for those bigger scores, trying, like, more radical stuff under priority. And, yeah, I've, I'm obviously always learning in competition, but I love trying to put down some, like, big airs and stuff in heats. It's always way more fun and exciting. So, yeah, it's pretty sick to watch the progression on the tour the last few years and see how good the guys have gotten and their performances in their heats. For sure. And I guess to use your point... Nowadays, when there's a big section on tour, if you decide not to hit it and go for it, odds are your opponent is going to do it, right? Even yeah. at the Challenger Series level now. And that's a cool thing for competitive surfing because we obviously want to see the best surfing possible. But it's, I'm, I, was, I, was, I appreciate that answer because I'm curious to see how you kind yeah. of approach that stuff. And then, yeah. I mean, related to that, that free surfing question, you know, in the past, there's been avenues with filmmakers like, you know, Jack McCoy, Justin Gain, um, you know, uh, Taylor Steele, Kai Neville, Logan Doolian, um, you know, filmmakers like that, that, that go, cool, well, you know, whether you compete or not, we like the way you surf, we're going to put you in this film. Is there anyone like that on your radar where you're like, yeah, in addition to doing competition and trying to get to the championship tour, I also want to put out a good film part with this filmmaker? Yeah, I have a, a guy from home who's only like a year or two older than me and whenever there's fun ways around, I just hit him up to go shoot and it's always hard to find the time because I'm traveling so much, but I'm always looking to try to put out like high quality content of like some really good surfing. So it's just trying to find a little window to get a swell when there's no competitions. But yeah, it's definitely one of my goals in the future to release a little short film or something for sure. I love it. We're going to take uh, one more break to get a word in from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. 
For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com, code THELINEUP1515. All right, so bringing it back to the Challenger series, you know, the the Boost Mobile Gold Coast Pro presented by GWM will likely have started by the time this airs. You know, you've got your your quiver of Channel Islands, you got your Fevers and your CI Pros. With respect to the wave at Snapper Rocks, you have this long, often perfect, and the sand is very good at the moment, you know, right-hand point break, what kind of parts of your surfing do you try to emphasize at a venue like that when you're competing? Um, I've I've always like wanted to compete in the Snap Rocks Pro. Like it used to be on the championship tour and I'd go up there. It was like one of my favorite events. So I'm just pretty pumped to be in the event and get get to surf Snap without sixty thousand people out there. But yeah, I think just sticking to my guns and like I've grew up on a right little reef break so I actually enjoyed that back end surfing a lot so just trying to get those vertical critical turns and then if the opportunity presents itself going to the air for sure because that's going to be a point of difference at Snapper but yeah it should be a lot of fun like hopefully we get some swell to the event and the banks are really fun at the moment so yeah I can't wait for it. And looking ahead to the remainder of the 2023 WSL Challenger Series schedule, we have the GWM Sydney Surf Pro uh, presented by Bonsoy. That's going to be at Narrabeen. Um, then the Bolito Pro presented by O'Neill. That's in South Africa. The U.S. Open of Surfing presented by Pacifico in Huntington Beach. The EDP Visla Pro Aracera uh, presented by Estrella Galicia. Um, that's out in Portugal. And then the final event is the Corona Sacarema Pro in Brazil. Do you have experience at all those venues or are there any that you haven't been to yet? Um, so I've had a lot of practice at Snapper, obviously, and Narrabeen is only an hour drive from my house, so I've had good practice out there, and it's a really fun way. I'm stoked they moved it there instead of Manly, so I'm looking forward to that one for sure. And the only other one I've had practice out is Huntington, and the other events are new to me, so hopefully I can just get a good little Aussie crew together for those trips and get some reps in before the comp. And yeah, I'm looking forward to those locations. Like, should be fine and I think it's huge to my surfing so I'm 
yeah, I'm very excited for it. I mean, that is kind of one of the big benefits of, of operating in the surfing world, right? Like whether yeah. you're a surfer or a staff member or whatever, it's like you run away and join the circus. So you, you do get to go to these new places, which is, which is pretty fun. And I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it is a lie to be like, well, as like a staff member, we don't have to perform. Of course you have to perform, you lose your job, but we don't have to perform in a heat like you do. So I guess as a, as a young person traveling the world, do you, when you're going to new places, you're like, this is great. I'm in a new place. I'm going to try to take it in as much as I can. Or are you, and this would be understandable if you were like primarily focused on like, I, I just have to like be like, like, like narrowly focused on, on competing at this spot. Um, I kind of try to find the happy medium between both. Like, I definitely try to prioritize my event and get everything that I need to get done before the event starts and all my prep that I need for my heats. But I definitely don't want to go to a place and be like, oh, all I saw was the contest site. So I like to (laughs) enjoy it and, like, go have some fun and just enjoy the area that I'm in and explore what's around. So, yeah, I try to find, like, the middle of both of those two. But, yeah, I definitely focused on the event if I'm going there for an event. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, we, we talked a little bit already about just the the physical maturation that a lot of surfers, including yourself, go through, you know, in your latter teen years and your early 20s. You're working with Luke Egan as a coach. You've got the advantage of the the Red Bull high performance team behind you. In the last year or two, have you changed anything specifically when it comes to diet or or training, or or has it been more of the same in terms of what you've been doing for the last few years? Um, in terms of surf coaching, I've like kind of kept it the same. Just obviously trying to improve focus on separate little goals each session and then I've definitely stepped up my strength training like I'd probably started in the gym a couple of years ago and like tried to step it up to more sessions per week to get stronger and more athletic and then in terms of diet I'm not too strict on my diet I I try healthy as best I can but yeah I don't follow a specific meal plan or anything you're a young guy. You don't have to worry about that for a few years. You yeah, exactly. Just eat whatever you <laughs> pizza for breakfast and whatever. Yeah. yeah Do you, I, I mean, then peep, pe- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Then I'll burn 10,000 calories out snap. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right i saw i saw someone posted something of um sierra kerr's mom was giving her a lift back up the beach on the murph bike yeah. the other day and i'm like that's cool <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good yeah i actually ran into nikki the other day and i and she was like oh do you want to lift on the bike and i was like oh yes please it was like my fifth lap of running around i definitely need that price <laughs> She should she should put a tip jar on the handles yeah, or something. Yeah, I know. Five dollars a lift would money. pretty good, I reckon. <laughs> well, back to the gym thing. You know, like people are different. Like some people really love it, and some people are like, "Look, I do it because it makes me surf better." I, I if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. But that's okay. How do you like going into the gym and and training? Because it obviously it wasn't something that young surfers did forever. It's it's a pretty recent phenomenon in professional surfing. Yeah, I actually really enjoy going to the gym and training. Like, I always feel good after the session and it lets me, like, put a schedule in my day. Like, oh, I'm going to the gym and I'm going to surf. And it just gets me feeling way better when I'm in the surf. I feel stronger and, like, 
more powerful and more paddle power and strength in my turns. And and the other big thing is just like preventing injuries. Like there's nothing worse than having an injury and watching all the stuff you're missing out of. So yeah, actually I enjoy the gym. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. And I mean, we did touch on this a little bit already, but it, it, it's something that's been coming up all year long and we just had the the mid-season relegation following Margaret River and and you know aside from um Kelly who received the wild card uh, Griffin Colapinto is the only male American on tour um obviously there's the Hawaiians but we don't we don't consider them Americans they're their own sovereign surfing nation as they should be um but it's been really interesting, and I mean, it goes in phases and cycles. And um, you know, we've seen Brazil be so so dominant uh, the last few years on the men's championship tour. I think we did a we did a run of data that said um, they won twenty eight out of the fifty championship tour events um, from two thousand seventeen to two thousand twenty two. So they're they're just so so dominant. They have so many surfers that can not only perform but win championship tour events and like we've said in this podcast in the last year or two we've seen this new generation of of young australians come in with jack robinson and ethan ewing and ryan callanan really lift their game up to to perform and compete and win events and you and your contemporaries are probably backfilling that group in a way. And do you see yourself as part of kind of this Australian contingent that that's taking on the world or do you feel more like you're just kind of on your own? Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's the difference why the Aussies are having so much success now over the, compared to like the last few years is because like we've all come together as like a team and, we're all just happy for each other's success and it's like so good to say that the Aussie guys doing really well on tour and that yeah, as you said, like it's definitely filtered through. We have a really good team of surfers on the challenger series and it filters right down to the regional QS and junior event. So yeah, hopefully more Aussies can qualify for next year and yeah, the Aussies keep doing well on tour and yeah, it's it's been really good the last couple of years seeing Aussie guys get back if you had to pick one surfer on the championship tour from a performance standpoint that you go I never miss their heat I always want to watch them surf who would it be um honestly can't really pick one but I love watching Ethan Ewing and John John and Gabriel Medina they're probably like oh and Felipe they're probably like my top few favorite things to watch but the surfers are so good on there these days like i pretty much just watch all the heaps that i can in my spare time last question before we get to the questions from the instagram community for for listeners of the show and people that are going to get to watch you compete on the uh wsl challenger series this season you know why should people get behind jarvis earl and support you um and and cheer for you um I don't really know, but yeah, um, I always love the support. It's really good. So yeah, if you want to get behind me, yeah, I love having support and I'll just be out there doing my best, trying to make some heat and hopefully get a few good results this season. And it'd be good to potentially qualify for next year. So yeah, 
All right. Well, we uh, we did put out a feeler for questions from uh, the Instagram community who follow us at, at the Lineup Pod. We appreciate everyone sending in questions. We got a lot for you, Jarvis, um, but we've uh, we've whittled it down to to three. The uh, the first question is from Et Harry Bramich, who asks. Aside from being in the water, what is the best thing you can do out of the water for your surfing? Um, definitely just work in the gym, like whether it's stretching or like rolling out with a foam roller or like doing some weights, just yeah, whatever little noodles and stuff that you have, you can definitely get them out in the gym or just overall improve your performance by following a specific training program. Surfing. So, yeah, definitely uh, next question is from at Joel Sinton who asks, did you ever think about doing a trade? Um, I honestly never wanted to do a trade. Like I was, wasn't at school much cause I was traveling so much, but I finished, I don't know what you guys call in America, but I like finished year 12 and did my HSC and everything. So if I didn't go, if I wasn't going following the surfing path, I probably would have done the degree at university. I'm not quite sure yet because I was always so set on surfing. But yeah, I, I never really thought about a trade. I was always just surfing, <laughs> surfing or surfing. <laughs> It's a good. It's a good answer. Um, and the last question we we picked from the uh, Instagram community was uh, from at Levitahi one, who asks, "Why does Cronulla produce so many good goofy-footed pros?" We touched about this a little bit, but yeah, Mark Ocalupo, Kirk Flintoff, Jim Banks, Gary Green, Connor O'Leary, Craig Naylor, you know, Luke Egan. So, uh, what's what's your take on why so many good goofy footers come out of Cronulla? Yeah, I can't really put a pin on why they do his footers, but Cronulla just has like a really good variety of waves. So you just get experience in all different types of waves, which breeds really good surfers. And there's a lot of fun left slabs. So <laughs> maybe everyone just wants to be a goofy foot there, but I can't really tell why besides the variety of waves and yeah, the area of like good surfers. Love it. Well, thanks to everyone who wrote in questions at the lineup pod. It is now time for our final segment. It is time for the lightning round. So these are 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, a single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? I would just choose the the trusty thruster, I think. Coffee or tea? Um, I don't drink either, but I'm going to say coffee because I might like it one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, burrito or pizza? Um, burrito. Last book you read? I have not read a book in about 10 years, I don't reckon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a while ago. Uh, best surf film ever? Um, my favorite is probably View from Building. Mm. Good one. Uh, what is one wave you never have to go back to? Um, never have to go back to. Um, Middleton Beach in South Australia. <laughs> Why is that? It's the worst beach ever. And I never want to go back there. <laughs> Fair enough. 
if you only get to surf one way for the rest of your life? Um, macaroni's in the Montalys. Mm, that's a great one. Uh, best person to share a lineup with? Um, probably just my mates from home. Worst person to share a lineup with? Um, probably any of the people out now for the last few days are pretty hard to share the lineup with. They're <laughs> always on the inside. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, last one. Finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by um, winning the gold prize for the challenge series. I love it. Jarvis Earl, thank you so much for coming on the lineup. Congratulations on your world junior title and competing against the CT in Western Australia. And good luck in the Boost Mobile Gold Coast Pro Challenger Series event, which will be starting very soon if it hasn't already, man. It's been awesome to watch you surf and uh, great talking to you. Yeah, cheers, Dave. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it was good to talk about surfing. Yeah, and hope all the listeners enjoy it. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with Cronulla's Jarvis Earl. I hope you enjoyed it. That is it for me for a little bit, but Mitch Salazar will be dropping some episodes of his own starting next week. I hope you all enjoy those. The opening stop on the 2023 WSL Challenger Series, the Boost Mobile Pro Gold Coast presented by GWM, is streaming live at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. That event will be followed by the GWM Sydney Surf Pro presented by Bonsoy at North Narrabeen to round out the Australian leg on the 2023 WSL Challenger Series and the shape of next season's qualifying class will begin to form. Today's episode is produced by Miguel Clemente with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges those recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Kumie and the Bunjalung Native Australian people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we will catch you down the track. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. 